Good day, good day. This your boy, better yet, your man, Markel Primes. And this is WUWITB Uncut, the podcast. Are you ready for retirement? Well, if you think you are, you might want to think again. In today's episode, we're going to go over 15 retirement statistics that will scare the crap out of you. Let's talk about it. All right, family, welcome back to another episode of WUWITB Uncut, the podcast. Okay, so today we're talking about 15 retirement statistics that will scare the crap out of you. Now, if it doesn't scare the crap out of you, it should at least give you cause for alarm. And when I say give you cause for alarm, I don't mean to get you riled up anxious, excited, and just running around with like a chicken with your head cut off, not knowing what to do. We're going to discuss these issues, these 15 statistics, but we're also going to talk about how you can avoid the the downfalls, the pitfalls of these statistics. So it's not all doom and gloom, you guys, but You have to know what the problem is, the issues, the stats on things before you start to work on the solution. And even more so, before you even start to work on the solution, you have to know the issues that you're faced with so you'll actually want to work on the solutions. Most of the time, people, they don't do what's necessary in life because they don't feel the need to do what's necessary in life to get themselves to whatever status or whatever form of success that they're looking to um, reach. And of course, as you know, as a home-based business coach and mentor, as an online um, marketer, there's so many different titles that I can give myself, but as a person who wants to be free and show other people how to be free, not just financially, but spiritually, mentally, and avoid the pitfalls of life, the things that we can control and the things that we have no control over. But of course, if there's things in life that we can control and that we can navigate through as safe as possible, we wanna be as, as informed as possible about these situations so that we can make the best decisions. All right, so we're gonna jump into it because it is a list of 15 things here. And I want to start off by saying this. Now, depending on what age group you fall in, if you're considered like a baby boomer or Gen X um, and all the other different categories that you may fall into, of course, those are different age ranges. This will affect you differently. Each group is affected differently by these statistics. 
But today I want to kind of talk to the people that fall in the, let's say the range of being 30 years old. So from being 30 years old and figuring that the average person retires from a job at 65. So that's 35 years down the line. Most people don't even think about what they're going to have for dinner that same day or what's going to happen to them the next day. What what plans in life that they have for the weekend. So I know it's a stretch to try to figure out 35 years in the future and um, kind of plan for it and avoid the pitfalls, the situations that will occur at that time. Now, you might you might hope and wish that these situations don't occur but the chances are very high that they will occur so let's let's do what we can to you know mitigate the damage as much as possible because it's going to be issues if you haven't prepared yourself up to this point or if you don't have a plan to prepare yourself there's definitely going to be issues so the first thing on the list is an interesting statistic which you may already know or might not even think is this bad or serious. But the first one on the list is one in three Americans have nothing saved for retirement. One in three. So that's 33% so of Americans who have nothing saved for retirement. Now in the statistics for this stat, it doesn't talk about age ranges. It's just a whole blanket statement. So no matter what age group, it's still around the same stats. But here's where it gets a little interesting. The older the group is, let's say the baby boomer generation, our parents, grandparents, great grandparents, depending on how old you are or how old they are, those individuals have a slightly higher statistics of people who have savings. So it seems as though after the baby, baby boomers, the Gen Xers and the other groups that followed after them started to become a little more lax on saving and preparing for the future. So keep that in mind. So if we're talking to the 30 year olds, you have a long ways to go. I want you guys to look into your bank account. You might not even have to look into your bank account to see how much is there. For the majority of people in this age range, there's nothing zero in that bank account. So that's the first step. And that's something that can be changed. It may not be easy depending on where you're at in life what employment situations you have, what bills and finances you have. But it can be something that you can resolve. So that was the first one. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to go through the 15 of them and I'm going to give some commentary on them for the ones that I feel really need some explaining or a little hard hitting like focus deep dive into so that you guys can really look at it and not just, you know, gloss over it and think about it in the moment as you are listening 
but I want you to embed it in your mind. I want you to keep it in your subconscious. As usual, when I do a podcast and I provide information, I want you guys to not only take the information right there as it is, but I want you to keep it with you. I want you to share this information. I want you to make it a part of your daily being. And that will in turn resonate within you in your subconscious and hopefully it'll flip the switch and make you want to change for the better so let's go on to number two now this right here is very interesting it says women are 27 percent more likely to have no retirement savings now it's interesting but i can understand exactly why that is when you sit back and think about it and you think in relationships and families, you have the husband and the wife. Back in the day, the husband primarily went to work while the wife stayed at home, took care of the kids and did the household needed necessities. The wife or the woman in the family did not have their own income. So it was all on the man, the husband. And it was on the husband to actually make the money, bring it home, share with the wife the money for the purposes of delegating it out, spreading it out to pay the bills and whatever else was left to be able to put away to save for the family. But of course, even though the woman, the wife in the family might have been the one who was controlling the money, so to speak. It was the husband's money or the husband's account and the wife budgeted the money for it to be placed in the husband's account. So more than likely the wife or the woman in this whatever situation did not have their own account with their own separate funds. So I can kind of understand these stats here. Since women are 27% more likely to have no retirement savings. And that also goes to the idea that they're thinking that their husband's going to be around forever or their mates is going to be around forever. Now, if we knew for sure that we're going to live together to the day we die and we're going to die together, then that's one thing. We're going to share our expenses. We might just have one or two separate accounts where the husband can have the money in his account. The wife has access and be able to move things back and forth to do what's needed. But what's the chances of that? Unless it's a tragic accident where both people are dying together. What's the chances of that really happening? And another interesting statistic, which I'm not sure if it's going to be on this list, and this adds on to the idea or to this statistic. Now, most people, when they retire, they retire at 65. But it also says that only 50 percent of people who retire at 65 will live to 85. So only 50 percent. But what's more interesting about that little tidbit, that little extra stat there, is that out of the 50%, women are estimated to live a couple of years longer. So the women are estimated to live up to 85. So 50% chance that they'll live up to 85. 
In men, it says 50% chance that they will live up to 82. So there's a little, a little gap in between there, a three year gap. So just imagine, ladies and gentlemen, or for the fellas, just to drill this home to you guys, just imagine you're with your wife, you have a family built up, you're the breadwinner in the family, your wife um, doesn't have her own separate account, you're bringing in the money, and she takes care of all the bills, but it's still going into your account. Now, fellas, this is very serious, and I need you guys to understand this. Because of the stat that I just mentioned to you, you should understand that there is a high, high probability that you will die before your mate, your wife. You will die before them. And what that means is, if this statistic, let's say, is 100% correct, that leaves your wife or your mate to be alone for possibly three years. Now, if she doesn't have any savings in her account, if she's never had a savings, if she's never had a job, if she's never been able to provide for herself, those could be the three hardest years of that woman's life. So I want you guys to really think about that and really think about your planning for the future. If you have one account and you're in a committed relationship, husband and wife relationship, and even if you're you're not in that type of committed relationship, you're just dating somebody, you've been together for a long time, you don't have the ring commitment, still, it may behoove you, as they say, to have two separate accounts. Even if you guys have a joint account where you do all your bills together, it still is important to have two separate accounts and and not get hung up on the fact of who has more money saved in their account versus the other. Fellas, if your lady has more money in her account saved, good. You want it to be that way because of this stat in particular. Our women need to be protected for the future just in case something happens to us. God willing, we live together and die together. But as I stated before, if we die together, then more than likely that death must be from a tragic situation. All right, let's move on to the next stack. So number three, 76% of baby boomers aren't confident they've saved enough for retirement. Okay, so this is specifically to the baby boomers. Now, I already then said that the baby boomers, their statistics is a little bit higher. They have more saved than other generations that come behind them. But this stat right here is saying 76% of baby boomers aren't confident they've saved enough for retirement. So if they're not confident, the ones that have the most money out of all of us, the ones that have worked the longest, have been a part of what you would say is the golden age of 
like work back in the days where you had the retirement and be able to get the gold watch and be able to have those pensions. If those people who had it really good don't feel as though they have enough money saved up, then the rest of us should be really scared at this point because these folks here are the baby boomers, the ones that laid the foundation and laid the groundwork for us, showed the example of what it was to go to work, work the 40-40-40 plan. And if you guys don't know what the 40-40-40 plan is, that's working 40 hours a week for 40 years just to retire on 40% of what most people weren't able to live off of when they were getting the full 100%. So that's that's very interesting with that statistic. The baby boomers aren't really confident that they have enough money saved. Okay, so number four, the number of seniors declaring bankruptcy has grown to 7%. Okay, so let's let's dive deeper into that. So interestingly, in this stat, it goes back to 1991. It says that in 1991, only 2.1% of those filing for bankruptcy were 65 or older. So that was in 91. Only 2.1% of those filing for bankruptcy were 65 or older. And this number has climbed to 7% after 2007. So it's, it's climbing higher and higher. So 2007, that was 13 years ago, but the stats are steadily climbing up and up. So from 91 to 2007, which is a 16 year gap, the rate has risen almost 5% on retirees, basically filing for bankruptcy. Now I have to say from experience, from knowing a lot of older people, I know a few of these people that are actually filing for bankruptcy and it's because they, they have not been able to amass or save the amount of money that they thought they would need to be able to save to live the rest of their lives. They retired at 65, but they only had enough money to carry them through, let's say 70. Now they're at their 70 birthday and they're looking at their bank account. They don't have any other skills any new age, new era skills that will put them out there to be able to cover the bills that they have, unless it's like Walmart or, you know, baggers and different things like that, which a lot of the retirees are getting back into the workforce in order to cover their bills. So at that point, I don't consider you a retiree anymore. You're not retired. You're back in the workforce. So I think we should kind of take you guys out of the statistics, the ones that have to go back into working in order to foot the bill. So with those bankruptcies going up, of course, with bankruptcy, that causes other issues. But the one thing or one benefit 
that we could probably say when it comes to baby boomers is that if they're going into bankruptcy at the point of 65, then more than likely, or I should say there's a great chance that they've already purchased, made their purchase of their home. They've already made the purchase of the vehicle that they're gonna have that's gonna take them through the rest of their lives. They don't do too much as far as running uh, out in the street. So they're a little more laid back and relaxed and they're at home for a good amount of time. Um, some retirees are uh, really active. I've met a lot that are real active that's constantly going every week, but that's not the case for most. Most people live their retirement at home, just enjoying their, their kids, their grandkids and things like that. And they don't really go out like that. So they don't have the expenses, so to speak, of someone younger, unless you add in and factor in medical expenses, possible expenses in that way. So those are the things there that actually trigger retirees or people over 65 to file for bankruptcy. It's not the fact a lot of times that they didn't save enough money to live off their, um, to live within their means of their monthly expenses. It's those other expenses that comes up, those surprise expenses, those expected expenses because they're at that age where, you know, things start to fall apart. Now you need your health insurance even more so than if you were younger, let's say in the 30 year old age range. All right, so let's move on to the next one. All right, so where we at, where we at? We're at number five now. So it says by 2033, social security will need to be cut by 23%. Now we don't really even need to talk about social security too much because it is 2020 right now and 2023 is 13 years away and social security has been a constant topic of discussion amongst politicians, amongst everyday individuals. Those are kitchen table conversations when it comes to certain groups, certain demographics, age groups. Now, focusing on 30 year olds, more than likely you're not really thinking about social security right now because your focus is working your job, paying your health insurance that comes out of your, your check from the job that you work. And you're just thinking that, okay, when I retire, it is what it is. At that time of 65, you're hoping and praying that either social security will be there to help you or some other miracle in your life is going to happen, um, whether you hit the lottery or whatever else. The, the one thing that really kills me about most people that I know of, and I, I say general statements like most and a lot, um, but I want to say in the context of people that I come across and for the majority of them, most people have a one track mind. They only look at the future in one way. And that is that they're going to work 
they're going to retire. They're going to live the rest of their lives and then they're going to die. But they only think about one way of working, and that's through a regular nine to five job, which nowadays in 2020, I think more people are aware of the online opportunities. They're more aware that people are making money online hand over fist. People are making thousands of dollars a day. People are making more money from home in their pajamas in one day than some people are making in a whole year of going out working that 40, 40, 40 plan. But the majority of people still have a one track mind thinking that being an employee is the end all be all. So they should really be the ones who are work worrying about social security. So 13 more years, that 30 year old will be 43. Still be 22 years away from that 65 year old range. But do you really want to wait another 13 years to see, okay, social security has been cut by 23%. And then you still have the same mindset that, okay, well, 23% it is not bad. And they didn't cut the whole thing. So I still should be good by the time I hit 65. I'll be all right. We have to stop with that mentality of thinking that everything is going to be all right. So we're going to take a little intermission. We're going to pay some bills. Going to let you guys relax, listen to some, some music for a moment. But when we come back, we're going to continue on this list of 15 <laughs> statistics about retirement that will scare the crap out of you. See you guys on the other side.
family let's jump back into the list we're at number six okay now very interesting it goes back to those baby boomers so number six it says nearly one-third of homeowners of retiring age still have mortgage debt one more time nearly one-third of homeowners of retiring age still have mortgage debt all right so these baby boomers they they're not paying off their house before they retire they're not paying off their houses before they retire if one-third still have debt then what that says to me is this now i'm talking to you 30 year olds out there are you planning on buying a home have you already purchased a home? Do you plan on buying a home in the next, within the next five years? That would actually put you at 35. Now, when you think about purchasing a home, that's a 30 year commitment. So if you're 30 right now, what this says to me is that if you plan on purchasing a home, Unless you have a great job and you're going to pay a little bit of, uh, more each month towards that mortgage to pay that bill off. You need to purchase that house now between now and the next five years before you turn 35. Because, of course, what this says here is that after they retire, they still have debt. So if they're retiring at 65, which. I don't understand why a person would do that knowing that they still have a mortgage on their home. So you 30 year olds, 
if you make a purchase of a home now, that means that by the time you reach 60, if you're paying on your regularly scheduled payments and you're not doing anything extra, by 60, you will have a home that's paid off. That's that 30 year mortgage right there. So you should have the next five years of mortgage free uh, payments on your home. Of course, you still have your tax, your yearly taxes and everything. But I want you guys to really focus and think about this right here. If you do it now, then by 60, you would have paid off that home if you just did your regular payments. And that means five years of working without having to pay a mortgage. Now, usually, and I guess I'm one of those people, I love the word usually and things like that. But usually if a person buys a home, it's going to be at least a, a two, three, four bedroom house, depending on the size of their family. Um, but we're going to go with the standard of, let's say, a four bedroom home, because most people would at least have a three or four bedroom home if they purchase a house. Now, the cost of living is going up. So let, let's look at today's prices. Now, I'm from New York, but I left that money pit about 15 years ago to move down here to Virginia. Now, when I came down here to Virginia about 15 years ago, my rent on a one bedroom apartment was $650. That's how much my first apartment was coming straight out of New York, coming straight from my mom's apartment because I couldn't afford an apartment in New York when I was there. I just wasn't making enough and the cost of living in New York was killing a lot of people. So in Virginia, that cost of living was about half. So 650 was my first apartment. Now, I still currently rent. I have an apartment now, a two bedroom apartment. Is in a nicer neighborhood. I have a gate outside, gated community, have, uh, you know, personal gym, swimming pool, tennis court, different amenities. So I, I, you know, I up my game on my living, you know, my living surroundings. And I say that to say this, because I know you, you, with that said, you know, I don't pay 650 anymore. So now my rent is over $1,300 a month. Now that's just rent, that's not a mortgage. I haven't purchased a house yet. And I'm over the age of 35, but I have other plans for being able to purchase a home and other things like that, that's gonna alleviate this issue that one third, one in three retirees have of having a mortgage debt. Of course, right now I've eliminated that problem because I don't have a mortgage. I rent, but renting is its own problem, so to speak. And of course, we can get into that in another podcast. But of course, when you think about all the money that you spent in rent that could have went to a home and, you know, that that could kind of drive you crazy when you think about how long you might have been renting. But it's always good to have a alternate plan just in case you're not 
prepared to do things in a timely manner, so to speak. If you're not prepared to do things according to, you know, learning from these stats and knowing that, okay, by 65, one in three homeowners retire and still have a mortgage. Okay, I'm 30. Let me get my house now. I'm past that point. I can't go back in time. All I can do is move forwards. So for someone like me, I have other plans, other things in place that's going to help me with that. So that won't be an issue. But if you don't have other plans and you plan on doing and living life traditionally, you better do the home ownership before the age of 35. All right, so let's move on to the next. So number seven, the average age at retirement is 62. So it says 62 there. Um, I did read other stats to say like 65, I think between 62 and 65, but most people you can't retire until 65. Um, I, I think about my mom and for example, she's been at her job for ever, as long as I can remember. And she has the ability to retire after being there for 30 years. Now, she's been there close to that. It's been over 20 something years. So we often have conversations and I say, OK, mom, well, you have how many more years left? And once when you uh, and she's still in New York, she's still in New York paying that high New York, you know, tax, so to speak. So she already has a plan that when she retires, she's not going to stay in New York anymore. She's coming right down here to Virginia. And, and that's that's definitely going to be something that I look forward to. So she has a couple more years to go before she plans on retiring. And then that's her plan to come down here. Um, also, she's she's saved up some money herself. And I would say she's probably. Uh, I would say. When it comes to the savings, she's above average when it comes to saving as compared to people, other family members and other people that I know of. So I would say my mom is kind of ahead of the curve, but she would even say that she doesn't feel as though she has enough for retirement. Once when that age hits, of course, she lives in New York now. So it takes a lot. It takes a lot of money to live up there. So hopefully, you know, once when she comes down here to Virginia after her retirement, hopefully the Virginia prices don't like skyrocket to the point where, you know, it's, it's coming up on some New York prices and everything. So let's go to the next one. Number eight. Employees miss out on an extra $1,336 in retirement matching each year. Hmm. That's interesting. It's interesting for a couple of reasons. So the statistic says that employees miss out on an extra thirteen 
$1,136 in savings. I don't look at it as the missing out. And that's matching retirement matching each year. That means usually in your 401k, how much money you put towards your 401k and your company matches that to go into your savings for your retirement. I can understand why most people miss out on that. And that's because they already can't live off of the income that they're generating from their one job. That's why now in the election season, there's a lot of candidates talking about the issue of families having to work two and three jobs just to make ends meet, just to be able to take care of their family, just to not have to live paycheck to paycheck. So if you're working one job and you are making it, it's usually pretty tight. You're making it by the skin of your teeth for um, a good amount of people. So of course you cannot afford to put more towards your savings, even though you know, hey, it's gonna be matched. I would love to be able to put an extra $100 a month to my 401k, knowing that that's gonna turn into $200. Everybody loves and wants to have some type of a flip. And that's one of the best and easiest flips that you can do is just, hey, take my money, my 401k, you're gonna match this, cool. That's all I gotta do. I don't have to work for it any more, any harder than what I already am. But that just lets you know the dire straits that a lot of people are in. Even with something that's so enticing, something that's so, you know, so tempting and so simple and easy as that, a lot of people can't even take the chance of that because they need that extra $100 a month to go towards their bills, their groceries. If you take that $100 away, they will fall into the category of the people that will end up filing or needing to file for bankruptcy. So let's move on to the next one. Number nine, 87% of baby boomers got a D grade on a retirement quiz. So what that basically means is that 87% of baby boomers don't know what they have, don't know what they should have, and they never got any type of training or assistance when they were younger in knowing what to do and be prepared for when they get older. Or if they did get any information or assistance, they, they didn't follow it. They didn't listen. They didn't do what was necessary. So let me see if there's anything deeper into that one stat right there. It says here that boomers think they know it all, though a retirement quiz results suggest otherwise. After completing the test, 87% of respondents couldn't score more than a D. Although more Americans are retiring, most of them don't know the information and basic strategies they need to feel comfortable. You don't know what you don't know, but then when you do know something and you don't act on it, that's just as bad as not knowing from the get go. So these people are in trouble 
they're struggling, they have debt, they still have mortgages, and they don't know where their money is, they don't know how much they have, they're not prepared, and these are some of the best of us. And when I say some of the best of us, I mean, once again, these are some of the people that have lived and been a part of like our best economic era to that has come. Now, of course, we're in a booming age right now with Internet online, people being able to make crazy money, as I stated before. Yes. But that golden age of working a job and having that one job being good enough, which a lot of people, the majority of people are still in that mindset of working traditionally at a job and they're not taking advantage of the opportunities out there in the world today, the online market. So if you're not taking advantage of that, then you might as well be like the baby boomer. That means that you just missing out you have the opportunities, unlike a lot of the baby boomers, they they didn't have any other choice but to work this one way. But you have multiple ways to make money, make money from home, not have to give up your job, be able to have multiple streams of income without having to work at multiple locations. But it's just crazy to think that they are considered, and that is the boomers, they're considered to be in some of the best positions financially because of their hard work. And they're still, they're struggling. They're going through it. And we see this, we see our parents and our grandparents struggle and we still try to go down the same route as them. And what's even worse is a lot of the older people, they they encourage it. They'll still tell you, go out, work that 40, 40, 40 plan, even though it hasn't worked for them. Okay, so number 10. It says a couple will spend an estimated 245,000 on healthcare throughout retirement. Okay, there's no need to go through this one. I already touched on this one. That medical bill, that health care is a major part of retirement. It's a shame that most people cannot retire basically because they are sick and they need to be able to take care of their, their health. The same thing that's kind of hurting them at work or preventing them to be able to work is the same thing that they struggle every day <laughs> to make it to work for. So the same thing that's killing you is the same thing that's motivating you. And it turns into a vicious cycle. So you guys, we're going to take one more break and we're going to come back and we're going to finish off this list. The last five statistics that will scare the crap out of you if you plan on retiring.
Instead of me fulfilling my prophecy, I have to start one. Instead of me, you know, doing a good job and carrying on the empire, I have to build one. And that's that's a hell of a job for a 21-year-old. You know what I'm saying? That's a hell of a job for any youngster, male or female, to have to build an empire for your family. And a 
hoes don't flirt On another note, damn time's a new death row And I'ma ride in summer spaces like a UFO Why you fucking up the packs, nigga, you old dough I'ma ride for my guys till I motherfucking die While the fam ties banner flapping high in the sky, nigga Cause I ride, they my niggas I'ma do it till I can't no more. I'ma do it till I can't. Till my motherfucking casket clothes. I'ma do it till I can't. I'ma do it till I can't no more. I'ma do it till I can't. Till my motherfucking casket clothes. I'ma do it till I can't. My motherfucking casket though Till I came Alright family, we're in the final stretch and I definitely appreciate you guys once again for joining me on another episode of WUWITB Uncut the Podcast. I hope you guys have enjoyed the information. Hopefully this is of help to you. Hopefully this will help you um, kind, kind of direct and guide your life and be able to be better prepared for what's going to occur, what you're going to have to go through in the future. Now, I hope that for the majority of you, that you take the information and you run with it and you keep it in the forefront of your mind. You share it with your family and friends and you think of strategies to help avoid these pitfalls. And of course, as usual, I invite you guys to follow me on all of my social media platforms. Um, basically, it's Markel Primes on everything. YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, whatever um, medium that they have or whatever medium that they'll have going forward. More than likely, I'll be using my direct name to make it as easy as possible for you guys to find me and listen in on content. Of course, besides giving the you know important stats as we're doing with this episode and talking about a lot of the issues that people will be facing throughout their lives and in the future you know me i always like to give some solutions so make sure that you follow me um i would say primarily facebook is the best go-to for me where I post information on how you guys can actually make money from home and avoid a lot of these financial pitfalls. Now, a lot of other things are a part of being free, not just financial, is also the mental aspect. You have to also have the right mindset when it comes to um, navigating through, through this life that you have to live. And a lot of times if your mindset isn't on par, you will not be able to make it through. Stress, anxiety, depression are major killers. And if you're fighting with those things there, it's gonna make it that much harder to you know, resolve other issues like financial issues. 
physical health issues. Your mind does control your physical also. So whatever you think, you also put out into the air physically. If you think to yourself that you're sick, that you're tired, that you feel this way, this pain is ache, more than likely you're going to feel it more. So it's always important to get your mind right. So I also want to invite you guys to visit my website, rvadelivered.com forward slash heal yourself um, for a free ebook that I'm giving away. And it talks about how basically you can heal yourself, how you can, you know, get rid of as much negativity in your life as possible. And that'll free up your mind and leave it less clogged so that you can start to focus on other things that's just going to enhance your life, make these future um, situations um, go away. <laughs> I hope they all go away for you or you don't have to experience it or um, you can share with someone else so that they don't have to experience it either. So let's let's get back into it. We're going to wrap this up. So we're on number 11, right? So number 11 says nearly 60% of retirees don't budget for entertainment and activities. Okay, I already mentioned this kind of. I talked about how okay in retirement older people they they relax a little bit more. They don't do as much vacationing as they thought they would have been doing when they were working. A lot of people think, okay, I'm gonna retire and then I'm gonna start vacationing, I'm gonna start doing this and that. But besides a person getting older and having health challenges and then financial challenges comes up, that leaves less money for that entertainment, going out, having um, fun with your mate, doing extra activities, going on those cruises that I used to hear a lot of people back in the day, a lot of older folks, when they retired, that's the first thing that they did. They went on a cruise. They were constantly on cruises. I don't hear that too much nowadays. So I can understand and I can see why this stat number 11 says nearly 60% of retirees don't budget for entertainment and activities. They just can't afford it. They just need to take care of their regular expenses to make it day by day and hope that they don't get a huge medical bill or medication bill that they have to end up paying that's going to you know, cut into what they already could not budget for. Okay, so number 12, 56% of Americans lose sleep when they think about retirement. Hmm. That's where that mental factor comes in. Now, I didn't read this list over completely before I brought it to you. I saw that it was 15. I skimmed it and I said, OK, I want to talk to you guys about this. So with that said, a lot of these stats and statistics I kind of foreseen coming up. I kind of foreseen it. So 56 percent of Americans lose sleep when they think about retirement. That's the point when it starts messing with your mental. So your mental health is starting to become impacted. Once again, when your mental health is impacted, that basically takes over and that affects everything else. 
So you have sleepless nights. You're losing sleep at night because you're thinking about retirement. You're a couple of years away from retirement. You're you're looking forward to it. You can't wait to never have to go back to that job that you gave 30 years of your life to. But you're also worried that without having that job, the next possible 10 to 20 years left that you have in your life are going to be some of the worst years that you ever had. And I say 10 to 20 years because once again, going back to that stat that I mentioned earlier, they say after retiring after 65, only 50% of those retirees live till 85. So that's 20 years. Okay, so if 50% is going to live to 85, then I would figure that maybe the other 50%, you know, uh, they're they going to die before that. So that's why I said a good 10 to 20 years that you have of lifespan and to, to worry about. What are you going to do? Did I make enough money? Did I save enough? And that can cause sleepless nights. And if you're still working, and you're not able to sleep at night, then you're going into work and that's affecting your performance. Everything starts to go downhill when it starts in the mind. Okay, let's move on to the next one, number 13. Okay, so this is about younger people right here. Finally, it seems like it's gonna talk about the young folk down, down to the wire. Number 13 says, millennials with student loans have $325,000 less in retirement savings than debt-free peers. Hmm. Now, if you pay attention to politics, that's another big topic of discussion. Student loans. People think that student loans should be eliminated. Student loan debt. A lot, a lot, a lot and I don't even have to over exaggerate with this you guys know it you see it on a daily basis you have friends and family um, who are going through it so you can definitely attest to this a lot of people are hoping that you know miraculously that this student debt loan is going to be forgiven they're just waiting for that next president to get in whoever it might be if it's not this term then maybe in four more years somebody's going to pull that trigger and get rid of this student debt loan so they keep kicking that debt down the line some people are able to have jobs where they may make enough to start paying back those student debt loans but most young people don't even go into the field that they actually study so they're paying back debt on the field that they never even entered. And this is what happens. $325,000 less in retirement savings. So now can, can you start to see when you come down and you start getting to the look to the younger demographics, how things are dramatically changing. We spent, the majority of this list talking about like the baby boomers, the people that right there at retirement, the people that's supposed to, you know, have it all figured out, the people that we look to for guidance and see how bad they're struggling. And just to get to this stat, 
where it just blows their stats away in this one stat, 325,000 less. Now, I do recall in one of the stats, uh, well, it says earlier that most people don't even have $10,000 in savings. I think that's what it was. But if most people don't have $10,000 in savings, and then now you're starting off in the negative. So millennials, we're not even talking about owning homes. That's home prices. That's the cost of a mini mansion. And in Virginia, that's probably the cost of a actual mansion. In New York, that's the cost of a, probably a two bedroom house. <laughs> but <laughs> you can see the difference there. But really thinking about it, you're starting off in a negative. At least the worst thing, well, I don't want to say at least, but for the baby boomers, the worst thing was their mortgage. But it's something that they were actually paying on that they own for, well, that they were paying on for ownership, something that they were living in and using that they actually owe on and still have payments for. Then they had their, their health issues, the health insurance costs. So it was something that they actually needed in order to stay alive. So these are things that they baby boomers actually used and needed. And these are the reasons why they were in debt. But just to think as a millennial, 325,000 in debt for something that you may not even use, something that may not even be benefiting you at all. What a, what a way to start a retirement. What a way to go through life. And this is way before retirement. This is, this is, this is those 30 year olds. This is when you were 25. This is, you might've just got out of college when you were 25, 26 and you have this debt. So your stress, anxiety, and everything is kicked in in your 20s. And now you have to live and go through the rest of your life. Let's say if you did graduate from college at 25, you think of retiring from a job at 65. You have 40 years of sleepless nights thinking about your student loans and how you're gonna pay for that and how you still have to go to this job for 40 years or so or work to pay this off. And it just becomes, it's, it, it's, it seems like it's a never ending battle. But of course, like I said, there are solutions out there for you guys. There are things that you can do. You just gotta grab a hold of it and I definitely encourage you to get with me so that we can discuss those things. Check out some of the videos that I'm making about how to make money from home. I can't reiterate that enough. It may not have ever been in your plan to be an entrepreneur, to have a home-based business, but I bet it was never in your plan to be in debt. It was never in your plan to be part of one of these statistics here, but plans, Everything doesn't always go according to plan. 
So let's go to number 14. Right, this one says about 3.5 billion adults worldwide don't understand basic financial concepts. Don't need to explain that. They just talked about how the baby boomers didn't understand exactly what was going on with their stuff. And of course, how their bankruptcy rates are going up. So they're not any smarter or well off when it comes to knowledge than a millennial or Gen Xer. We are still learning and living through the same playbook that we've been living through for the last over a hundred years. And for whatever reason, you guys just don't want to let that go. You just don't want to let it go. That the idea and the fact that the old days are not here anymore. Back to politics, you know, of course, another topic is the minimum wage. Employment rate. Oh, the employment rate is down, it's going down, but still that's not resolving the issue. It's not the employment. It's what the employment provides. It's the finances that the employment provides. It's the stress or the lack of freedom that just being employed provides. It's all of those things combined, but we still as a whole don't want to see the writing on the wall. Some things are essential. So I don't want people to think that, hey, a job is not essential, is not important. There's some things that's needed out there. We need employees. We need people to go to work on a daily basis. But if you want to have the best possible life for yourself and your family, you have to understand that there's more to life than just working a nine to five. And if you just do that, you will end up a statistic. And just to close this out with number 15, Let's see what they're going to give us to number 15. Men age 65 have a 78% chance of living 10 more years. Women have an 85% chance. Oh, I didn't see this one. Like I said before I uh, decided to do this. But I did mention earlier that the statistics that I've seen and I've already known about is that 65 year old men and women, generally 50% will live to 85. So this right here is kind of, it goes in line it's saying instead of those 20 years from 65 to 85 is only talking about 10 years. So it says that men age 65 have a 78% chance of living 10 more years. Women have an 85% chance of living 10 more years. So still the women have that gap. They're going to have that gap in there. And I guess that, that could be due to multiple things. It, it could be, it could go back to the dynamic of how the relationship is operating. 
Maybe that man is the sole provider in the family and a woman just controls and delegates and dishes out for the bills. So maybe the man is the only one that's working primarily in the relationship. So he's going to work. He's feeling the brunt of the abuse from working these 40, 40, 40 plan. He comes home and he sees that life isn't exactly where he wants it to be. He has to look his wife in the face. He has to look his kids in the face and say, hey, we can or we can't afford this and that. Now, the wife has some stress also. She has to be the one to comfort him and soothe him and make sure that he knows that everything is going to be OK to be that support system. And not to say that this is 100 percent on target with it, but if you're not the person that's in the fire and you're you're outside of the fire watching somebody else get burned and you're trying to guide them through, I, I definitely believe that would be a less stressful situation for you than it is for that person. So more than likely, you're, you're going to live a little bit longer because you're not going to have as much stress. Now it goes back to the mental health again, stress, anxiety, depression. That 40, 40, 40 plan can bring upon all of these things. Statistics are meant to be somewhat of guiding points. They're not absolute truths. They are stats that are help you help direct your next move. And the stats that we've gone over today, they've fallen in line with a lot of things that I've already known and I've already believed. And maybe they've fallen in line with the things that you've already known and believe. If it has, then you then you should know. Then you know that these aren't just stats, that these are real factual possibilities. And if it's real factual possibilities that these problems will arise, then you have to think and work towards the real factual solutions. So with that, I won't beat into your head too much more about what you need to do. <laughs> and of course, what you need to do is share this podcast, like, comment, wherever you're listening to this podcast at, wherever you find me at, through whatever social media platform, I advise you and I encourage you to get with me so that we can work together and we can come up with plans together to help the rest of your life be the best of your life. Once again, family, this is your boy, Better Yet Your Man, Markel Prines, and this is W-U-W-I-T-B Uncut, the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in to W-U-W-I-T-B, the podcast.